giving you the real from A to Z surrounding the Dallas Cowboys. News, updates, rumors, transactions, takes, and more. So strap up, Cowboys Nation, and start your day off with A to Z Sports. Live with Will Steele. Three, two, one. Here we go. Good morning, good people. Welcome to this Tuesday edition of the Skywalker Show. We are streaming live on YouTube. And of course, I am your host, Will Skywalker. Still, boom! You see it. Yes, sir. We're picking up part duh. Of our hindsight series, and we're talking about the Cowboys running back room. And not just the running back room, but the running game, right? I feel like those two things are obviously tied together. So we're going to take a step back in the time vote, and we're going to talk about why I think this thing was doomed from the start, and why the Cowboys are really playing reindeer games with this group. And obviously, what I personally think the Cowboys should do moving forward at the position, which if if you've been around, if you've been here for the last, I don't know how many years, it'll sound like I'm a broken record. I'm going to say the same things I said last year in the offseason, and I'm going to say the same things I said the previous year. Uh, and it, it revolves around not just one particular player, uh, but a group, not just a group, but a how. And we'll break all of that down, and then eventually we will get into the reviewing of said running back room, who may return, who shouldn't return, who will be here, who won't. And uh, we'll talk about that with you guys. The Bomb Squad. What's good? Bomb Squad! Call in line today, 351-999-3787. Now, normally, I would have a roundup, right? I'd have some some nuggets, some news or whatever, but not a much not much is going on. And I'm, I'm, not, I'm not about to just throw anything in there. I said, nah, I want to get down to business. I want to get right into this thing. Shouldn't be a particularly long show because I'm going straight to the root of the issue here. And we're getting right to the meat and potatoes of the show. I'm kind of going to start off this thing with a bang a little bit. Stick with me, Cowboys Nation. Because this running back room really dates all the way back to around this time. Now, granted, the Cowboys are sitting at home a little earlier. Uh, this conversation kind of got started in February, I think, of 2022. So about a year. This conversation started last year. Mm-hmm. With Mike McCarthy making headlines, making waves, and kind of getting the Cowboys Nation and, and sports world, or even just Cowboys Nation, you, you had shows and everybody talking about it, uh, with his, his statement of, I want to run the damn ball. Y'all remember that? He had, I think it was at the owner's meeting or something. It, it was something going on in February. And he came out and had this whole impromptu interview. It really wasn't impromptu. They, they sat down with him. He had his Obama brown jacket on, you know, the tan coat. And he started talking. And he had this quote that got everybody in a tizzy. He said, quote, I've been where Kellen has been. Kellen wants to light up the scoreboard. 
but I want to run the damn ball so I can rest my defense. I think when you're a coordinator, you know what you're in charge of on the offense. Being a head coach and being a play caller, you're a little more into. I don't desire to be the number one offense. The Cowboys were. I want to be the number one team in the league with the number of wins and the championship. And if we got to give up some production and take care of the ball to get uh, to get that, then that's what we'll do. The irony there, because they did give up production in a certain area, just not the one we thought. And they did turn the ball over less. 100% that they, they accomplished that. And they managed to score a lot of points. And the world went crazy. I, I mean, everybody, everybody. It was like, hey, wait a minute. We can't go in the dark ages, et cetera, et cetera, yada, 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 right? Whole time, I, I, I was like, Let's see what he does, man. You know, because actions speak louder than words. You can say this. We, we've we heard McCarthy. Hey, I watched every single play in my barn of the Cowboys in 2019. Then he gets a job and he's like, hey, dog, I was just playing. I ain't watch all those plays. Jokingly or not, I, I don't believe he did. So the whole time, I'm like, let's see what he does. Because actions speak louder than words. And then time starts to pass, right? Free agency happens. The draft happens. The second wave of free agency happens. We're getting into many camps now, right? Then we go on the dry period. Then we get to training camp. And all that talk about I want to run the damn ball before training camp started, to me, felt like talk. Because if you really were, I want to run the ball type of team, your actions would have backed that up, right? And I don't think that's the case. Uh, first of all, you traded for a premium number two wide receiver, right? You did not draft a running back until the sixth round, and that running back wasn't a complimentary back to the room. You didn't draft an offensive lineman until the fifth round. You did not bring in an outside voice to be a run game coordinator to help you out with that. And then when you really think about it, Mike McCarthy never really was about that anyway in his DNA. So as the kids would say, like the math wasn't math. It didn't quite add up to me. Mm -mm. And then you get to camp and you see the things that they're doing and you start to piece it together I'm not saying you need to be a run team. You know how I feel. You don't need to be a run team. What you need to do is have a plan for it, be efficient at it, and in, in, and the plan can not just be about the scheme, but about the room as well. I didn't think there was a plan in that room. We'll get to all that. But then camp happened. That spe- This specific quote right here was going crazy. And NFL Network comes down to camp, and they talk to Mike McCarthy. And Mike said, let me clarify these things. And you got to listen a little bit here. Here's Mike McCarthy in camp clarifying what he meant when he said, I want to run the ball, protect the defense in February. Well, I'll say this. I think the, the, the quote was was more towards, you know, the change from 2020 to 2021. So, But I, I think if you look at run attempts, I think we'll be similar to between 21 and 20, or, okay. you know, 21 and 22. So, uh, I, you know, at the end of the day, it's about getting the ball distributed to your perimeter players. You know, obviously a big part of our offense the last two years primarily with Zeke and Tony. So that part of it is going to be different. Um, but, you know, we, we really – 
one to build off of what we established. I liked our run game, particularly mm -hmm. last year, the last two years. Yep. So we thought we just need to prove some things. I think the biggest difference for us will be more protection in, in the pass game. If, if that went too fast for you, I, I'll just pretty much highlight the two things that stuck out most to me. I, I remember when this happened, we talked about this specifically. But he said, um, if you look at run attempts, I remember last year he kept talking about a number. This past season, he kept talking about a number. It's always been about a number for Dallas. It's, it's never really been about the quality. It's been about the quantity. It's never really been about the how. It's been about the numerical number, right? They, they want the number. They want to hit 30 or whatever, 30, whatever the number is. Oh, the more times, you know, it's just like anything. The more times you do something, the better you get, yada, yada, yada. False. I don't like that approach personally. And then the other thing was, and this is what really, to me, pretty much put the stamp on it. I was already feeling this way. We were talking about it. And then when McCarthy kept saying, at the end of the day, it's about getting the ball distributed to your perimeter players. I said, Mike, you ain't slick, man. All the what you said in February, your actions, and sometimes he'll say he'll say some truthful things, and I truly believe that. I mean, go look at what you did, ushering in the West Coast offense, trading for a number two wide receiver. Right? It was clear that you were going to be leaning on the perimeter players, and I have no problem with that as long as you have a complimentary run game, which we did not, and we'll get to all that. So. When you approach it that way, when you say, you know, we don't really care about the how, hell, we barely care about the who, but we don't care about the quantity and we only are uh, the quality and we only care about the quantity. I think that can come back and bite you in the ass in the playoffs. And I feel like that's exactly what happened. You never really established a how you only cared about the number that you hit. So if you don't establish the how leading into the playoffs, you can't counter off of it you can't lean on it and all you do is you get in the playoffs and you become what one-dimensional quite possibly i mean i didn't go do this research you might quite possibly have the most one-dimensional team in the last half decade to be in the playoffs i i, I don't you know I haven't looked at every single team that's entered the playoffs, but I'd, I'd bet the Cowboys, if they don't rank last in playoff rushing, all the metrics, they second to last. I mean, <laughs> they're pretty close. Let's just kind of review a little bit. Let's just talk about the playoff game that just passed. You know, Tony Pollard, 56 yards, 3.7 yards per carry. Rico Dowd at 11 yards. Only two carries, but 5.5 yards per carry. Weren't able to establish a run game there. Again, even the how was terrible in that game. If we go back and look. Mind you, when we talked about this yesterday, when you go look around the league, almost every play, uh, playoff team in a divisional round was able to lean on the run game, at least the winners. But anyway, in 2022, the wild card game, Tony had 77 yards, 5.1 yards per carry, 27 yards, 2.1 yards per carry. The only game of the four under the McCarthy era where they rushed for exactly 100 yards with their running backs 
granted, they really didn't need this because Dak had like five total touchdowns. He ran for like 40-something yards. It was it was really a, a Dak's and really any quarterback's kind of biggest performance in quite some time in the playoffs. But nonetheless, that was a, a good rushing production day from Tony Pollard. The 2022 divisional round playoffs, we understood what happened there, right? Tony gets hurt, but 22 yards, 3.6 yards per carry. Zeke is the guy. He only gets you 2.6 yards per carry on like 13 carries or something. 10 yards, on 10 carries, that's what it was. So you couldn't run the ball there. You're talking 48 yards rushing. And they had Malik Davis, which put a pin in that. And they decided to not even use him at all. 2021, wild card round. Zeke had 31 yards, 2.6 yards per carry. Tony Pollard, 14 yards, 3.5 yards per carry. At that time, Tony Pollard, yes, he had got hurt some odd weeks before, but he was clearly a guy who needed to put the ball in his hands. Tony ran the ball four times. And he only, I think, eclipsed six touches because he had two receptions on the literally the last drive of the game. So you got four playoff games here. And you've quite literally been one-dimensional in all of. You can't do that, Cowboys Nation, man. Like, yeah, it may happen once in a while. But when you when you really go into these offs and teams know that's what you're going to do, you're just going to be a one-dimensional team, you make things a lot easier on that opposing team. For that opposing team, I should say. And really, this predates back to pre-McCarthy, too. If you want to go to the 28-19 uh, or 18 playoff game against the Rams, we couldn't run the ball then. They ran the ball on us, though. <laughs> they ran the ball on us on 300 yards rush. But I look around, you know, in all offseason last year, if you guys remember, I, I kept saying this. I was championing for either a stable or a, like a dynamic duo approach and, and the how in the run game. I always talk, I talked about the how in the run game when uh, Kellen Moore was here. I didn't like it. It, it. it wasn't making any sense. And every time we ran into a team that was a quality opponent or quality defense, they just said, this is what you're doing? This is your run game? Man, this ain't nothing. And take this right away. Now we make you one-dimensional right now. And when I look at the remaining playoff teams, right, the, the championship round, we talk about stables and we talk about, you know, dynamic duos, et cetera, et cetera. I look at the Lions. We've got two running backs with over 180 touches, and they have another running back that have 41 carries. So that's three total running backs throughout the season that had 40 touches at least. The 49ers have the best running back in football right now. But they also saw three backs get 40 carries or 40 touches, 40 or more. The Ravens, I mean, geez, it, it, the, the Ravens feel like they got about 15 dudes they can put out running back that gets the ball 40 times. But in, in, in all seriousness, they had four running backs eclipse 40 or more touches. And they had a hurt guy who might have been their best guy in J.K. Dobbins, right, who would have been a fifth dude um, had he not got injured. But he got injured in the first game. Look at the Chiefs. The Chiefs more so mirror how we kind of set up our offense in the sense of we're a perimeter-driven team. Perimeter, I mean, they don't have receivers. Quarterback-driven, passing-driven offense. But even they understand the importance of the how and understand the importance of using 
your running backs. They had three backs with over 40 touches this season. And their dual threat guy, who mostly was a receiving guy in McKinnon, he got hurt. Or he would have probably eclipsed 80, 90, 100 touches. Then you bring it back to the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys have two running backs this year with 40 or more touches. That's it, right? Two. Can you get away with just two running backs? Yes, right? But then there has to be more of a dynamic duo approach. Not a, hey, Tony Pollard's the guy, then uh, Rico (laughs) will give you a carry or two every game. It can't the discrepancy can't be that much unless you got a Christian McCaffrey. And even with a Christian McCaffrey, you still had three guys in their stable that that was utilized. Uh I don't know if I was texting Voss during the, the playoff weekend and I was talking about the Ravens stable and just and the offense in general. And I'm sitting here like, man, they feel like it feels like they draw up plays and scheme up plays for all their guys. Isaiah Likely's, Mark Andrews at one time, Zay Flowers, whether uh, whether it's, it's o- Odell Beckham, whether it's any of their running backs, clearly, you know, uh, Lamar is a running back in of itself, not not diminishing Lamar, saying he he runs the ball, though. Um, but, but it feels like they use everybody. I understand Fran does the same thing. I, I've even I've even seen Green Bay do the same thing. I didn't even bring up Green Bay, you know, <laughs> you know, I could bring up Green Bay, too. They they had a successful day running in the fir- in the playoffs. Um, but you just look around in the playoffs, man. And again, I don't have the numbers. Just, just thinking about how I, I watch over the last few years, I, I, I'd be hard pressed to find a worse rushing team in the playoffs. Well, Sky, what about the offensive lines? I've been saying this for a while too. I've watched worse talent, you know, Worst talent on an offensive line have more success in the run game over the years. Not saying the Cowboys have the best line or anything like that, but they've got guys. The reason why is because of the how. It's because of the how, man. And as we look back at 2023, hindsight 2023 for the running backs, for me, Cowboys Nation, I think the approach has to change. Um, I, I think the approach in the backfield has to change from the room. I think at least from 2023, uh, that season, you can't do that. I don't mind if it goes back to previously, we had dynamic duo, but I'm a fan of a stable. I'm a fan of using at the very least in a 17-game season plus the playoffs at least three backs, and then when you get to the playoffs, you actually use those dudes. Or as you're building up through the playoffs, you actually have a, a – uh, process in place to where you say, okay, we can lean on this in said playoffs. I think those things have to change. If they do not change in 2024, <laughs> we're going to be back to being one dimensional for the fourth consecutive season in the playoffs. I don't know how many times you think you can play with fire and think you'll get away with it. I mean, well, shit, we haven't quite, we haven't gotten away with it. But at some point, you are going to have to take it serious. And if you go look at, was it 2021? 20, okay, so 2021 on. Then we're going to count 2020. Just, we don't got to look at the numbers. Just think about it. How many times have you said leading into the playoffs, 
oh man, this is this is a dynamic running team. Or hey man, they're building something here. Now in Washington, and we'll get to this here in a second. I thought, hmm, maybe they're going they're they're on to something in regards to the how they're running. And then we got to the playoffs and they ain't do none of that. <laughs> they ain't do none of it, man. And it was frustrating. But let's take a look at this running back room and kind of review what it was in 2020. We're going to start backwards, right? And again, we're, we're mostly going to be talking about guys who have been around or, or guys who, who participated in the season. I want to start with Malik Davis for our hindsight 2023 running back edition. Malik Davis was signed to a futures contract uh, last week or two weeks ago, whenever it was, after, you know, really not seeing any time. I mean, I mean honestly, he didn't see nothing. All he saw was special team snaps and practice squad. But in 2022, Malik showed something. He showed some promise to, to, do, to at least be a part of the stable. Uh, but in my opinion, politics got in the way. Politics got in the way of him having a role when Tony Pollard and Zeke were available. You know, one of the things I kept saying that, that kind of blew my mind last offseason was, you know, when Zeke was out, and, and or, or even when he was in, but mostly when Zeke was out, Malik was making some things happen. You know, he was showing some wiggle. He was showing some toughness. He was catching the ball at the backfield. I thought he played well enough to say, hey, we've got an aging running back on a bum knee who's gotten over 2,000 touches in his life, Maybe, just maybe, we should use this young, spry rookie at a position that does not require some crazy veteran to have success. Maybe, just maybe, we should throw him in there and give him about five touches or carries a game. Give Let Zeke continue to rest up for the playoffs. And we get to the playoffs, we got a fresher Zeke, a fresher TP, and, and a young Malik Davis that is some experience. So once we get to the playoffs, hey, if something happens to one of our guys, we can lean on the other guy. Instead, we didn't do that. Uh, Tony Pollard went down. Malik Davis comes in, and he doesn't see a single touch. Doesn't see a single touch. Malik Davis rolled into training camp off of that 2022 season, and there was a lot of competition. You know, Cowboys went out and signed a veteran running back. They drafted uh, Deuce Vaughn, and it, it was he was fighting an uphill battle. He, he was going to have to have a really good camp to make the team. He didn't. He did not make the team. Uh, he was cut, but he was signed back to the practice squad, but he never saw any action in the regular season. So Malik Davis, I, it wasn't a red, a red shirt second year because he did get called up, right? Like he, he eventually um, played special teams. He eventually, you know, got caught up, I think, two or three times, but he, he didn't get a carry. Um, and, and if I had to guess, I know he got signed back on the Futures team. I think he's going to be right back in that same boat. Now, we got a long way to go. Maybe he ends up being a guy where like, oh, the Cowboys did not attack this position group, which I would be shocked. And we'll get to that at the very end of this. Did not attack this position group aggressively. And now Malik Davis has a shot. But I do think all running backs always have a shot because it's one of those positions that, for the most part, um, are reliant on the play caller, the blocking, and then their skill, Right? You can be the most skilled guy, but if you don't have the other two, you could be in a bit of trouble. But 
if you have any skill, most running backs have skill, especially young running backs have skill. You can find some success. But Malik Davis, I don't think he's going to be really a factor in 2024. He's still young enough, though. Uh, when I went and looked at the average age of the running backs in the playoffs still currently, Gus Edwards is the oldest running back, and he doesn't get that many touches. You know, you look at Montgomery, 26. Pacheco's 24. Uh, the, the kid Gibbs is like 21, 22. McCaffrey's McCaffrey. He's, he's you know, he's really the outlier of this whole situation, but he's the best running back in football. The best dual threat running back in football, too. So I guess he's got a shot from a young standpoint, but he's got to go out there and prove it. So that's Malik Davis. Uh, we did get a caller. Let's take the caller before we um, get back to reviewing this room. Uh, what's good, Banks? Good morning. What's going on, Sky? Um, I just want to say, man, I, I honestly don't think it's going to change the 24, the run game. I, I really don't. Mike, Mike McCarthy has had the same MO as far as the run game probably since back in the Green Bay days. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't think it's going to change, man. Um, you know, I, I honestly don't think the team. I believe they, they're going to still maybe make the playoffs next year, but uh, you know, until then, until you know, the expectations are low. You know what I mean? After after the last three years of getting there, um, I, I just don't think. Especially if maybe if they get rid of Dan Quinn and and, and change up the uh, defense. You know, that'll bring a, um, you know, I have a little bit more faith in them. But uh, other than that, I, I just don't see it changing, man. I'll be surprised. I, I, I honestly will be. And um, that should be known. I guess we, we got to see what they do in the free agency and in the draft. Um, they just <laughs> We just got to wait to see next season. But, uh, you know, I, I really don't see it changing, man. But, you know, a lot is not going to change until, you know, it, it starts from the head, man. It's all the way up to Jerry Jones, man. It's just the culture around there. I know everybody's been speaking on it. Just the culture in general, man. It's a Hollywood culture around there. So, you know, until that even changes, <laughs> you know, I don't see much happening. But the playoffs, get to the playoffs, one or two games, and we getting bounced. You know, uh, we moving on from McCarthy. I think too late. You know, this was the year, in my opinion. Even down to Dak, you know, I'm a Dak guy, but uh, you know, 56 million against the cap, you know, maybe this was the time to maybe try to see how the Trey Lance era win or something. I, you know, I don't know. You know what I mean? That's just where I'm at with everything right now. But uh, you know, I, I guess we'll see, man. Yeah. All right, appreciate the call, man. All right, all right, guy. Hunter Lipke. Back to the hindsight, running back 2023. I got to put him in this, you know. I, I can't do a, a fullback <laughs> room. There's only one fullback. Uh, Hunter Lipke, look, man, he's a fun story, right? Coming into the training camp. I looked at him as a running back. I, I really look at him as no blocking fullback. But Hunter Lipke really didn't get a chance to prove himself of anything. I don't think he got a chance to get in the groove of, of anything, really. You know, at first, we thought maybe this guy could be Kyle Yushek. At least I did. That's kind of how I viewed him. I didn't view him as a, a true blocking guy. I didn't view him as a true running guy, although he ran. So I viewed him more of a running guy. 
But I thought maybe this could be a move around, fullback, quasi tight end, running back type of guy. Catch the rock, hand it off a little bit. That didn't happen. Oh, you know what? Okay, maybe they'll turn him into this fullback, old school blocking guy. That that didn't really happen, even though they tried. Even though they tried. And I knew it was going to take some time. But then Hunter Lipke kind of showed a little something in that department. I'm not saying Hunter Lipke um, was the greatest at this. Because at the beginning of the season, I kept saying, hey, Hunter Lipke's looking terrible, actually, at blocking. But as the season progressed, he got a little better with it, man. And I, I gave him a hat tip after this Washington game. In fact... I came out of this Washington game thinking, okay, maybe we're using the Washington game to set up the playoffs because we were seeing pre-snap motion we were you know, for running. We were seeing pre-snap, ass-snap motion running. We were seeing Hunter Lipke, you know, leading. Shout out to my guy, Professor Rowe. We were talking about Hunter Lipke. He's like, hey, man, you can tell. Uh, he spoke with a running back coach. He's like, you can tell he's gotten better with his eyes as a blocker. And I'm like, man, that's, that's, that's exactly what has happened here. Uh, he 100% got better because he, he he didn't change physically. He's always going to be a 240-pound fullback. But he got better in how he was seeing it. Just go back again. I always bring up the Jets game. Um, I want to say the even the first game of the year. But the Jets game is the best game. He had like a lot of snaps in that game. And you could just see he wasn't comfortable. He got way more comfortable in his technique as a, as a, as a blocking fullback. Maybe in year two, put a little weight on him, put a little muscle on him, a little bit more comfortability, a little bit more confidence. Maybe he becomes a better downhill runner. Or I'm sorry, downhill blocker, point of attack blocker. But I didn't see anything that would lead me to believe he's going to be, you know, the use check. Uh, or hell, I I barely saw anything that would say he'd be the, the, the back, the fullback that Green Bay had under Mike McCarthy. For whatever reason, you know, he got... The carry against the Patriots in the red zone as the lead back. Y'all remember this. This wasn't as a fullback. He was the, the, just a, hey, man, hand it off, turn around, wearing number 40, and just go look like All-Star and run it in. And he scored a touchdown. Didn't get the ball again in that capacity until Miami. <laughs> and... um he did so as a fullback, and I'll just say this. There was a miscommunication there. Miscommunication for Hunter, and it resulted in a fumble, and the rest is history. What are they going to do with Hunter Lipke? Hmm? Is he going to be our John Coon? Is he going to be our use check? What do, because the way I look at it, if he's not going to have a legitimate role, then what he's just taking up a roster spot. And what frustrates me about, again, I don't understand why we did what we did against Washington and came out in the playoffs and did nothing of the sorts. You know, Lipke, I think, in five of the last six games, he played eight or more snaps. And in five of the last six games, in the playoffs, he played one. And that one snap, the Cowboys were backed up inside their 10. Came out in, I think it was 11 per, or 21 personnel. The tight end was Schoonmaker. 
fullback Hunter Lipke, and we ran not a play action. He didn't even try to play action. Under center, straight drop back, bomb to Brandon Cooks. And Cooks, what a weird playoff in general. But And that was it. That was the last we saw of Hunter Lipke. Why put so much Hunter Lipke film on in in the Washington game and then get into the playoffs and and we don't use it coming out? We we don't do any of the the pre-snap motion at snap. We're not doing the wide zone. We're not doing the pin pull. We're not using him maybe play action, dump it off, or hell, just use him as a lead back. None of it to start the game. Then when you do bring him in, in that, I think it was a second or third possession, it's... You bring him in backed up inside your 10. And you don't use him. You don't run it. You don't let him block. You don't have him moving around. So if he if he's not going to be a legitimate part of the offense, I hate to say it, Hunter Lipke Hive. I, I Look, I get it, man. We all have our guys, our, our players, our pet cats. But this is not personal. I, get him off my team. I mean, I, I, it's not him. It's not you. It's me. If they're not going to use him, Use that for another roster spot. That's all I'm saying, right? Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not coming at the guy. Now, we'll get to playoffs. We'll get to, I'm sorry, we'll get to training camps, mini camps, and maybe he will uh, be better. Maybe he'll get better. Sure, whatever. But for me, his usage was 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 out of giving the rock eyebrow. Hmm. Deuce Vaughn. <sighs> Our short king, Deuce Vaughn. Another another story, right? Feel good story. <laughs> I'm all about rooting for the short kings, man. Sixth round pick. We all know the story, right? He's the, the son of uh, one of the Cowboys scouts. They take him in the sixth round. We get the feels and all the other good stuff. And then, and then once that wanes off, it's like, okay, what can you do for me on the field? Well, we get to camp. He makes some cool little plays. We get the preseason. He makes some cool little plays. And we get to the regular season and all that shit just went to, just went to bed, man. <laughs> Deuce never really got those wheels rolling, did he? Um, he mostly got most of his action in just garbage time. It's like, hey man, run the clock out, bring in the backups, and we're gonna run Deuce Vaughn. Dude's never got he just never could get going, man. Uh blowouts, backups, small guy, didn't make any big plays to really stay. He made some plays in the Jets game, I'll give him that. But not enough to to um keep him on the field. And then they said, okay, we've seen four games of pretty much garbage time. And then when he did get in, we had to ask him to block. That didn't work. So you, you can't be a blocker for us, which we know that's the case. Um, we aren't seeing the big plays. You can't play on special teams. You can't do anything on special teams except punt return. Yeah, we're going to need that roster spot, buddy. So then Deuce Vaughn went on the inactive list for essentially the remainder of the season. The thing about even the deuce pick, once you once you get rid of the feel-good story, and look, man, when the pick happened during the draft, if you go back and watch the draft show, I wasn't mad at him, 
right? Like, obviously, one of the most productive running backs in college football history. When you look at production and whatnot. My my frustration was, how, how can you look in the running back room and say this is a compliment to the back to the running back room? It just didn't make sense to me. But it was like, all right, he's a cowboy. I'm rooting for you, Deuce. The other part of that frustrated me about the Deuce Vaughn pick, and again, not Deuce's fault here, is this was a strong running back class that had some size in it. You brought back Tony Pollard, right? Like, all right, franchise TP. Now let's compliment him or compliment the room with a guy that's not like that, not a, you know, uh, dual, smaller, I ain't calling TP small, but you know what I'm saying? Tony Pollard is more of your slasher. Now let's kind of get a thunder or let's get a guy to compliment. There were many of those running backs I thought in this draft and we just said, ah, we're good. And it just blew my mind, you know? And they went with Deuce and the story was all cool just a week ago. And we get to the regular season, and the story was no longer a feel-good story. So Deuce will be back for sure, no doubt about it, and he'll have a chance to try to establish himself. But just like Malik Davis, I don't think you and other players we'll talk about here in the rest of the way, I don't think you approach the room saying, oh, well, we got Deuce Vaughn. Again, no knock on him. But in a in a... Lee, that I truly believe, me personally, Skywalker still, I truly believe you need a stable. He doesn't stop you from addressing the room. Could he be a part of it? Fine. I have no problem with that. If you go look at uh, Darren Sproles first year, he ain't do shit either. Right? But then Darren Sproles became a part of, a, of, of the backfield. He wasn't, you know, just counted on in the backfield. So that's cool. Whatever. But they're going to have to address this room. But to me, when I look at where this thing really kind of tailspin, and again, this is nothing personal to any of these guys. It just is what it is. When they decided to to say, Rico Dottle, you're a guy. You're our RB2 guy. It was like, oh. I mean, that almost solidified it to me that, Oh, they don't really care about the how. They don't really care about this room. And again, it's no knock on Rico because Rico is going to work his butt off. Hardworking dude. I call him an angry runner, right? I gave him the whole the, the baby barbarian and how he runs. But on the other side of Rico was, uh-oh, this is a guy that's always injured. He's been always injured since uh, college, And, that, and we're relying on him to be our, our running back, too. Under the assumption, by the way, my assumption was that we're going to continue the, the, the tandem, right? We're, hey, Tony's going to get 200-some, uh, Rico to get a buck 80 or whatever, right? Touches, I'm talking about touches, carries, whatever. I, I thought we were going to run this two-back tandem, right? So I'm like, Shh. all right, man, look, let's just be real. He's going to get hurt. I mean, the running back position is tough in general. This guy always gets hurt. Uh, he's going to get hurt. You put all those touches on him. He has never touched the ball that much. I love his attitude. I love how tough he runs. But we better have a backup plan. And we get into the season. They ain't even use Rico Dottle as a backup plan. Like they didn't even use him as a true, I'm sorry, RB2. They use him essentially as a backup plan. Rico ended up finishing the season with 89 attempts, 361 uh, on the ground, and four total touchdowns. But in seven 
I'm sorry. He had seven or less carries 13 times on the season. 13 times. Rico Dowdle was never viewed as a tandem back. And hell, I'm not I'm not even here to say they're wrong in that. The problem is if Rico Dowdle wasn't viewed as a tandem back, then maybe he should have been RB3 and you got a legitimate RB2 or RB1. And he's a part of the what class? Stable. Didn't happen for Rico. They treated Rico as just a spellback. They treated Rico as a guy. Hey, man. All right. Tony's got three carries. You go get one. Tony's been in there for 15 snaps. You go get two. All year. It was that way. 13 times. Seven or less carries. And and, and there's a whole lot of times he got like five or less and three and two. and It just made no sense. I look around the league. And I told y'all about the, the remaining teams in the NFL that have know stables this is 2023 man the 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 year of one running back is gone and if you do got that guy it better be a uh a christian mccaffrey who was not only the best running back but also the best pass catching back it never happened never happened so when you when you when you when you don't have the plan <laughs> behind your top guy, when you don't have the how, what you end up getting is a very discombobulated running game. And then to finish it off, Cowboys Nation, Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard gets the franchise tag in the offseason after a gruesome injury. You know, he breaks his ankle and, and tears this and tears that. Um, gets the surgery, has successful surgery, comes back. But when he got that tag, if you guys remember back then, to me, that pretty much was the writing on the wall that this was his last year. I, I just, I didn't think they were going to go back into the paying the running backs a lot of money. I just didn't think they'd go back into doing that. One of the things that could have made the tag more valuable, and this is this is something that also we talked about last year as well, was first of all, you got played. <laughs> you tagged Tony, which again, no disrespect to Tony, man. We're talking about running backs, dog. Like I, I couldn't draft me a running back. You can sign me a running back for less than that. And I love Tony, but it's running backs. Anyway. So you tag Tony, and then the running back market starts to work itself out, and you're like, damn, I could have got me X, Y, Z for this? For nothing? Essentially, nothing. Yep, you could have. And the question became, will they, will they give him an extension? They're not, they not extending him. They just tagged him. He's coming off an injury. No, it's not happening. But what could have made that? what could have made that tag more valuable to me? is if they move forward in 2023, granted it could have been a lame duck season for Tony, but if they move forward treating Tony Pollard as a dual threat running back. Now, he finished the season with 267 attempts, uh, 1,061 rush yards, and seven total touchdowns, right? But 
if he was going to be the guy that when you look into the room, ah, Rico, we're not really looking at you as a true. Deuce Vaughn, you're inactive. Hunter Lipke, you're just the you're the bison for you. Ain't really. Malik Davis, you ain't. And they were truly going to lean on this guy to be the only running back, the true running back. You absolutely had to treat him as a dual threat. Somehow, some way, this man managed to have less receiving yards on 16 more receptions and a career low in yards per reception. <laughs> How does that happen? You know what I'm saying? In, in, in the title, I think, in, in, in today's show is the running back room was failed before it got started. The plan is just was just so stupid. If you would have told anybody with any common sense, we're going to go into the season. Like, like if you say, hey, I can look into the future. In the future, we're going to say, this is our running back room. TP, Rico, Deuce, Hunter, Malik. You'd be like, mm, all right. Um, Grant, if no injuries happen, you can you can do some things. What's the plan, Sky? Well, the plan is we're going to run a whole lot out of shotgun. We're not really going to be a good running blocking blocking team, right? Run block is going to be pretty poor. Um, Rico is essentially just going to be a spell back, and Tony is going to be our predominantly lead back. That's how we're going to rock. What about this Hunter kid? Ah, get like three carries on the season. I said, oh hell no. <laughs> oh hell no. Uh-uh, blow this thing up. No, no, no. This can't be. And that's exactly, I think, what has to happen in 2023, Cowboys Nation. You, you can't run this back. Not the plan, not the room, not any of it. Now, I might get looked at as a running backs don't matter guy. Let me just, let me just make sure I, I get this out there. Running games matter. I've always been run, running games matter. Not this. I'm not diminishing the position. I'm not diminishing the actual person. I think if if a guy is one of them ones, you have you obviously um, entertain said player. But under the umbrella of running games, to me, becomes the room. What does my room look like? And then what is my plan? If that is if if that is what our room is going to look like moving forward, and that is what our plan is going to be, Cowboys Nation, we're going to be right back to this. Mm -hmm. Right back to this. Being one dimensional in the playoffs. So McCarthy, Solari, McClay, Steven, whoever the hell, y'all need to go sit down. Look at what's happening in these playoffs. Understand the importance of a running game. Establish a real plan of attack. Establish a real stable. And I feel like you'd be better off. You you will be better off come playoff time. I'm not guaranteeing anything, right? I'm not, I'm not saying that. But I do think you will have better production than this. Because you will go into playoffs not being one-dimensional. And a problem, like I said at the top of all this, is that that has never really been McCarthy's MO, at least post-Super Bowl run. 
right? Like, like at least after he won the Super Bowl, it's not really been his MO, but, but I get it, y'all. We're going to get calls. We're going to say it doesn't matter. I 100% get it, but I, I'm talking about the running back room. I'm talking about the running back plan and what I think needs to be the solution for it. He needs to throw away his damn ego. Somebody needs to get in his ear, right? You need, there needs to be a voice that says, nah, this has to change. Why in 2023, we were a predominantly zone type of scheme in years past. And in 2023, we switched to gap and that shit ain't working. Then in the middle of the year, quite literally middle of the year, uh, the running back coach came back and we started going back to zone, but there wasn't really anything to accompany it. It was just basic stuff. Rip this thing up. Do not bring back Rico Dowdle. Do not bring back Tony Pollard. Do not bring back Malik Davis, although he did. I'm not trying to be harsh against them. Rip this thing up. By the way, I'll ask y'all, who, if you want to bring them back, we can talk about it. Do not. I believe you move forward because if you look at this room, I'm sorry, if you look at around the league, you get some of these young bucks in here, draft a guy, you can sign a veteran. I'm fine with that. I would go the, my, uh, the, the, the Detroit Lions route. No problem with that. Signed themselves a young veteran, uh, David Montgomery's 26 years old, to complement their young rookie. And Gibbs, now obviously it was backwards. They, they uh, should say complimented Gibbs, complimented Montgomery, but they had a plan, right? But there's no need to, 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 to re-sign TP. There's no need to re-sign Rico Dowell, man. They're, they're, I hate to say it, but it's the truth. I can replace running backs a lot easier than any position in the National Football League as long as my how and my plan is there. If I don't have either or, then yeah, maybe you need yourself yourself an Adrian Peterson type. But guess what? Even if you're Adrian Peterson or Derrick Henry, if your how and your plan sucks, nine times out of ten, you'll just be Derrick Henry in Tennessee. Seriously. Seriously. So that's my spiel on the running back room. That's my review on the running back room. And to, to like I said, to end it all here, if you guys weren't aware, I, I am ready or I am willing to revamp the room, which <laughs> we kind of knew at least this consensus was, yeah, this is this is going to have to be revamped during the season. We figured that right. But all jokes aside, if they don't figure out how to block this thing up and how to call it, we'll be right back here talking about it. Right. Talking. We'll be right back in the playoffs saying. 2025 wild card game or whatever 2024 wild card game 3.2 yards per carry 50 yards 60 attempts throwing out the playoffs we're the only team that didn't take this serious go watch go watch buffalo open possession how they ran up go watch the chiefs detroit the buccaneers on the road Ravens the best running team in the league. Yeah. Of course, man. We did offensive line yesterday, brother. You missed it. Uh, so in our hindsight series, somebody said, are we going to get to offensive line? Go look at yesterday's show. We talked about the offensive line. We're going to go through all of these. We are in the offseason mode for those who are new. So I, I have to assume sometimes there are people who are haven't been here uh, particularly that long. In our hindsight series, we break down each, or we review, not break down, but we review 
each uh, position unit, and uh, it'll kind of look like this. And yesterday was O-line, today's running back. Good morning, Glenn. How are we doing? Hey, good morning, Sky. Great uh, great show, great topic, and uh, I feel a little embarrassed. I, I missed yesterday's show, so you may have already answered the question, but I'll just speak generally to the running game. Sure. You know, there's there's nothing like there's nothing like uh, being a Cowboys fan, sitting at home, watching everybody else, and they're all diagnosing the problem that we have, and it becomes very clear, and you can't run from it, which which I love because I just want to, I just want to get down to it. But so my, I guess the question was, and apologies if you answered it yesterday, but I, I'm looking at, I, I am looking at the running game, running scheme, and, and, and the question I have for McCarthy is, uh, you know, is the reason why you can't run these multiples, these polls that these other teams are running, is it because that's not part of your philosophy or is it because we don't have the players to do it? And if, and if it's the latter, I definitely think we, we may need to replace three of these guys. But, again, I need to go back and yeah. listen to yesterday's show. But I, is part of the, the design issue McCarthy's philosophy or just does he not think he has the – the personnel. Which I would say the I would say the former Glenn. Um, look, we don't think Tyron Smith can get out in space. Tyler Smith. I think he can, can get out in space. I've yeah. seen t- t- Terrence can. operates better in space. Um, Zach can't get to the. Like you know what I'm saying. So I, I think it's the former. I, I don't think it's you don't have the talent to be able to do it again. One of the things I always bring up um, is if you go look at offensive lines across the league. And see, even even with great running games, find me three all pros on the offensive line, right? Maybe you can talk sure. about the the, the 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 Eagles or Detroit Lions, but most offensive lines don't have one through five uber talented guys. You'll get a handful of teams: Cowboys, uh, Eagles, uh, Detroit. I will I will concede there. Like there there's there's some top guys. But most offensive lines are, are filled with just 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 players, right? And a couple top dudes. So I I would say the it's their philosophy. Say again. Is the, quick, is the quickness there? Sorry to cut you off. Is the quickness there? I guess is my question. I agree. We got a talented bus, but but I'm, and when I say quickness, I mean you snap the ball, and then these dudes are already like immediately in space on the horizontal, and it's like I look at our guys, and it's like the again, running backs like. Man, can you hurry up! I can't. I don't have time. Again, I ask you. I ask you. Can Tyron Smith do that? I think Tyron is. I mean, I don't know what he was, but, but Tyron can get out of space. Tyron, we, Tyron can get out of space. We've seen yeah. it. I answered that question. Can Tyler Smith do that? Yes, he can. Can Taron Steele do that? I don't think he's as good as a lot of people think. I think he's okay. I, I'll answer that for you. Yes, he can. Uh, you, if you want to argue Zach is too old, that's that's fine. But if you got three of, of your five yeah. offensive linemen that can get out in space, I, I I don't know how that's not enough. Number one, number two, it's not always about a my offensive lineman can it has this quick twitch to to do it. I've seen big dudes like uh, Osiris Torrance get out in space. The guy is slow footed as hell. Sometimes it's about creating leverage. You know why it looks like oh snap he got the leverage. Is because you got a pre-snap, at-snap motion. Now that linebacker is in position for one split second, half a second, and guess what? You set your guys at the second level out in space. So, But if you're going to be stagnant and you're just going to be get under center, 
and we're just going to do a, 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 a pull of Tyler Smith and nobody has to think about nothing. I can just read my keys. Then what, what are we doing here? You know what I'm saying? But if you've got some type of action with it, that defensive end now has to hold. That linebacker has to hold. That safety's thinking about something. And the next thing you know, oh, shit, here comes Tyron Smith barreling down on me. So I still, I think it's the former. I don't get how we can look at Tyron Smith, Tyler Still, Beatish, Zach, and Terrence and say, ah, we ain't got the guys. I I, I don't know about that one, Glenn. Well, Beatish, I mean, that one, I'm, I'm going to draw the line there. I mean, I'm not trying to blame everything on him. I'm, I'm just, I, I just I'm named the O-line. I, I'll just say this. Then. The O-line. I don't know how we look at the O-line and say, we don't got the guys to, to quote, unquote, get out in space. When we've seen them, I, again, I talked about this yesterday, go look at the pin pulls that we did particularly earlier yeah. in the season, they were successful with Tyler and Tyron oh, out they were good. in space. So yeah. why why go away yeah. from profit? Why why get bored of profit? Run that play to death or counter off of it. So that's how I feel about it. I think we got the guys. We just don't – that's just not what we do for whatever reason. Yeah, well. All right, well, I will definitely uh, – yeah, I'll, I'll, after the show, I'll run the uh, yesterday's show back. And uh, you know, see what uh, see what you found. But hey, great show! I'll keep listening. And um, you know, my grief continues, man. Watching these playoffs, it's just it's it's tough. Yeah, I know, so, man. Uh, thanks it's, for taking the call. Yep. Appreciate you, Glenn. Let's keep it moving here. We got uh, Shavance on the horn. Hey, how's it going, man? Hey, um, I'm not to rehash too much of what you just covered right there. I thought that was a good call and good question. Um, but you're saying it was the running scheme and not the line. Because I'm thinking when we could run, when we were blocking, I thought the running backs did great. But there were games when we were faced with a tough defense, and it just seemed like we couldn't open any holes. Yeah, I, I don't think there's a sole reason. Um, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to um, come off that way, right? Like obviously, you, you need your guys to do things too. I just find it kind of crazy that you know one year you are a productive running team and next year you're not at all really. And then in the playoffs, you completely go away from it. But um, yeah, when it was blocked up, we were talking about this during the season. When it was blocked up, your running backs were were getting quality runs. I mean, one of the games we broke down late in the season was the, the Detroit Lions game. When it was blocked up, Tony Pollard was getting good carries. When it wasn't, <laughs> nobody was getting anything. So yeah, when they block it up, but here's the problem. When teams know how you're going to run and it's not creative, it's, it's a lot harder to do it and I think that's why you never really saw the big runs I think that's why you never really saw them lean on it um it was a it's a perimeter driven offense and and I felt like teams understood that look at the Packers they went to the playoffs like hey we'll just drop back seven we'll rush four and uh you guys aren't going to beat us on the ground you're not going to lean on the ground we never really got them out of it via the run game and when we tried to in that first possession we came out in 13 personnel condensing the formation it, it just was a weird plan to me and I felt I felt like that was what you said about being predictable. I thought moving on from Kellen Moore would solve that problem. I did too. Which brings me to my next thing. I I for I, I guess Jerry likes to finish contracts, but I thought for sure McCarthy was gone. Just on the fact that it seems like nine out of ten times when he's facing a a good coach, like he's being out coached. It just seems like we're we're being out schemed and we're still taking too long to adjust. Yeah. And that was another problem for. So I don't know. I, I hope they figure it out because I guess we have them for another year. So yeah, yeah. We uh, I think it was the day after 
day after the game or whatever, I, I was out um, on McCarthy, which I didn't expect to be, right? I, because I didn't think we'd come out and play like that, you know? And beyond just the, the, the schematic parts of it, just you're the head coach. You're responsible for how this team comes out and how they are prepared. And every single other team, not just the, the winners, the losers, Shavance, every last one of them came out with fire or came out and competed. Um, maybe except the Eagles. I can't remember how that. I know that they got they were getting whooped early, but even they fought back and kept it, you know, a close game for a little bit until it got out of hand. Everyone, and to me, that's a reflection of your head coach not having these guys prepared to play. And every home team at the very least came out on fire except you. So, yeah, I, I thought that was a fireable offense in of itself. And I did not expect, because two days before that, I was like, there's no way Dallas is going to lose like that. But they did. And and I don't think it's an emotional decision because I, I went back and looked and I said, damn, the Cowboys been coming out like this under McCarthy all three times. And it was the same way under Green Bay on his way out of Green Bay. So. Yeah, I, I just. I don't know. I, I, I thought if they moved on from, you know, if Dan Quinn gets another job, he moves on, then we can kind of, re, I guess, almost have a rebuilding year, if you will. But doing this now, I'm hearing we're running into that coaching problem of, well, if McCarthy's only going to be here a year, who are we going to get? Who's he going to get for his coaching staff? I don't think they're going to go get long term commitments, and that's that's a, that's another problem. So you talking about offensive line coach? Um, just whatever we're losing. I guess I, th- I thought I saw something that Dan's gonna stay. Dan Quinn. I thought I thought he or was still. Yeah, I thought he was still interviewing. Um, uh, is that breaking news, Cowboys Nation? I thought he was still interviewing. Uh, but th- I think the word last week was if he doesn't get a head coaching job, he'll be here. Okay. All right. You know the headlines. I'll say whatever. You just kind of glance at him. Yeah. All right. Um. Well, you know, thanks for taking my call, and I appreciate you doing this, especially like. You said in the off season it gets tough, especially gets tough. after that loss. So, yeah. thanks for doing anything. No problem, man. Appreciate you, Vince. Yeah, these are never um, easy. I, I'd much rather be be doing the hindsight twenty whatever. Late February, right? <laughs> the the idea, the the not the idea. The goal is to be doing this late February after I'm recovering from multiple hangovers right after and, and when i say hangovers i don't mean drinking i, I mean i mean just being hung over by the, the winds the, the lifting the trophy and the parades and the, that's what we're supposed to be doing here we're not supposed to be doing this in january 23rd but the beat must go on the beat must go on i think we have 404 next on the horn What's going on? This is Doug. Can you hear me? What's good, Doug? Nothing much. Long time listening, man. Appreciate your work. Thank you, brother. So I just had a couple things, um, and I appreciate the, the topic today. Um, we need to be more deliberate on why we need a run game. I, I don't think we need a run game just to just to have a run game. I think we need a run game for one specific purpose. When teams go to two high, drop seven, rush four, the run has to be the answer. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking across. I'm looking across the league, and you can you can do it two ways. One, you can put put your quarterback under center, 
and make the run game easier. But it takes away from the pass game. It really makes your quarterback like a one read guy. Doesn't really make doesn't really play to that strength. I don't know about yeah. that though. I don't know about the, Go ahead. Only I only say that because I look at the the Shanahan tree and not y'all going to get sick of me, but I'm sorry. I see the Shanahan tree good. get under center and and do either straight drop back or uh play action drop back and and that gives you that extra tick to scan the field if you look at the uh time to throw but, for But every, wait real quick, when you playing against Shanahan, the defenses aren't playing too high too high shells to try to stop the deep pass game like they do with when they play Dak, like they do when they play Josh Allen, like they do when they play, and this is what I was going to get to, like they do when they play Mahomes. I'm specifically talking about being under. You said being under center means that you're you're now your quarterback is now a one read quarterback, and I and I said I, yeah. I, I don't. Oh, oh, the Shanahan, the Shanahan is a one read. It's it's a listen. We're going to let me not say one read, but it's look. You don't have to navigate progression like other QBs. We're going to set the plate for you for the quarterback. That's the key to the Shanahan system. That's why all these average quarterbacks are way better because they don't have to do as much. That's, but, that's not, you're not, you're that, not, you're not letting me finish what I'm trying to say here. If you get under I'm center sorry, and you do a play action, if you go look around the league at play action, time to throw is much longer than when it's not a play action. Thus, you have time to scan the field. Um, that's not to say that, you know, Shanahan's first options aren't always there. I mean, a lot of times that they're there, you take it. I mean, that's just is what it is. Right. I'm not going to get bored of profit. But if you get under center, right. the rule of thumb is if I do play action, it's not to have one read. It's to, okay, now I've got extra time to scan the field, and maybe I can read deep to short. So I'm, I absolutely disagree in the sense of if I get under center, I don't have to be a one-read quarterback at all. In fact, that kills it in play action if you have a quality scheme to do that. So I will 100%. I was with you on getting under center. But but I just didn't understand the whole, well, if you get under center, that's that's going to deter from what Dak Prescott can do. I think it'll help him, in my opinion, uh, I, especially in play okay. action. Well, well, we'll agree to disagree. But my point yeah. is I was looking at run games that solve the specific problem. Two high shells, drop seven, rush four. And the main one that I come to is look at Mahomes, Andy Reid. Look at the last game. It's, and look at how they've been played. If you look at how – Teams have played them since that first Cincinnati uh, win, and that took Cincinnati, I want to say, to the to the uh, to the Super Bowl. And they that that defensive coordinator really was the one that, that started the drop seven, bring four. We just going to flood coverage on Mahomes, and he had problems in the second half. They played they played Mahomes the same way since then, and the key to 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 them still being successful. They're not as explosive of an offense but they can win these gritty games that we just saw this last weekend is because of the run game. And their run game is not out of the, is not out of the uh, under center because that's not who Mahomes is. You want Mahomes in the shotgun. And also uh, to counter your point about getting on the edges with our, with our, uh, with our linemen, their, their run game is, their run game is in, uh, B gap, A gap, it's right there in the middle. It's not Pacheco is not getting outside. They might throw a pitch here every every now and then to keep the defense honest. But hear what you just said? Right up the middle. Do you hear what you just said? Every now and then. Right. I don't think anybody's insinuating 98% of your run game is on the outside. But you can't no, ignore but I'm that. I'm saying we can't I'm saying and then also I feel like I feel like the 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 Chiefs running game is something that you can mimic because also 
it's not a Shanahan tree. Yes. It's right there. I think. It, it, I don't it, know how long you've been watching my in. show, but the Chiefs have been the exact team I have been talking about the Cowboys should run their offense like. And they do run out of shotgun. In fact, yesterday, if you watched the show, I talked about when they ran when they ran out of shotgun, they ran the same play, I want to say at least 10 times. And they ran it with success probably about seven times. And what they did was they had an at-snap motion. They'd have a guy going one way. They'd have an offensive line going another way. Then they'd have another guy either pulling. And those seven times, that was at the C-gap or out. Or if it was the B-gap, he might have hit the C-gap. So that's what I mean by by the, 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 the Chiefs. They basically ran out of shotgun, but they did it with creativity. The Cowboys don't do that exactly. with creativity. But the Cowboys have shown to have success, uh, whether it be under center or not throwing the ball. Uh, last year when the Cowboys ran 12 personnel, they were one of the better teams do, you know, throwing from under center, but we didn't have that luxury this year. Yeah. That's 1,000%. I, I was going to say that is that the difference between their, their uh, shotgun run, run game versus our shotgun run game is the at-snap motion. And the, it, and it's at snap with a post uh, with a purpose. Like yes. it's mid it's, it's misdirection. We we'll run it. You know we'll motion at snap, but it'll be the Miami motion out. It doesn't really change. You know, no, 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 that doesn't really pop motion works. I, I like pop motion. You know the motion I hate, Doug. I hate the motion when C D Lamb's just jogging. What the what is that? <sighs> you know, I'm CD got to be more perfect. I'm just jogging across the line of scrimmage, and I get to the slot. And then maybe it'll work exactly. or whatever, but that's not with purpose. The pop motion has exactly. purpose, and, and, and that actually works. But I'm 100% with you in the sense we need, when we say at-snap motion, at-snap motion is the motion with purpose. Uh, Pre-snap motion, exactly. that can be tricky. Sometimes it look like CD. Sometimes it look like the pop motion. But we, exactly. we definitely but need I more think, of that, for sure. I think uh, McCarthy, because didn't McCarthy and Andy Reid coach together in Green Bay? I think... I think they need to. He needs to sit down. I mean, it's going to be hard for him because yeah. he's going to be in the Super Bowl. But he needs to sit down with him, or at least just copy I, it because they they come from at least somewhat of the same. same I don't remember. Line. It's not a Shanahan guy. Help us out here. I don't know if he was there during that. Um, I think he might have been with Kansas City at that time or or San Francisco. Okay, that at that been. time. But but, but and then the last thing, last thing, and I'm gonna get out. I'm gonna get out your way. Um, I say we need to put money in. We don't have to put big money, but I think we need to put money in the running back room. I say we need to go get Saquon. I don't like I don't like Derrick Henry. I say go I'm get Saquon, Saquon, and it's not going to take You know much. what? Let me shut up. It's going to be $20 million guaranteed over, let's say, three years. That's not big money. No. Go go get Saquon. Um, let me go Let me go look at this 2022 tape because I, I, I remember, shout out to my guy, um, Academic, not academics, authentic, and some other. I remember some people just it, it didn't quite look the same, but hell, he's. It, I, when I watched Saquon in some games, I was like, man, that's a good run. And he looked like he's spry. Uh, but yeah. I would say this. I would say we need to put more assets into it. I don't know necessarily it has to be big money, you know, because right. I don't think running back is getting big money, bro. I don't. So are you you trying to draft one? Yeah. Second round. Oh yeah, or, yeah. Third I'm, round? I'm all for drafting the back. For I, my the way I would go about it, Doug, is the way the um, the Lions went about it. They signed their they signed a veteran uh, running yep. back in yep. free agency, and then they drafted and then, a young guy. guy. Yeah, that's how I would yep. go about it. So if it's Saquon, okay. I mean, if it's Henry, then, then we have to make sure that that back that they do draft is the heir apparent, and he's a compliment. Um, but right. but I'm still for for signing a quality veteran. When I say veteran, Henry might. 
Look, I, we love Henry, but Henry got a lot of snaps, bro. And you know that's that's a yeah, lot. Yeah, I, I don't like of carries, I, I don't like Henry. I don't lot, like Henry. <laughs> a lot of carries. I don't like. Him. But what I mean by that is, um, what what, what Miles Sanders went this year? Uh, who who's the cat that that went to New Orleans? The Williams kid, um, Saquon Barkley, the the kid that went to Jamal Williams, Jamal Williams, Saquon Barkley, like uh, oh, yeah. not Saquon Barkley, uh, David Montgomery, something along those lines. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, then yeah. you draft a guy that way you got a stable that you know you can lean on. You know what I mean? Another guy to look at, I think Zach Moss from the Colts, he's going to be available. He's, I don't want he him to lead out. the running back room, but he could complement the running back room. Something like that, and he'll be cheap. But, yeah, I don't want uh, Buddy from the Chargers either. Uh, don't, please Eckler? don't bring in him. Uh, uh, Eckler. Please don't bring in him. Nah, no, no, if, if you're not going to throw the ball to your backs deliberately, then there's no point. In, in, no, no offense to Eckler. Um, but nah, I'm good. Go 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 draft you go draft you that kind of change of pace back in my opinion. Cool. Man, I appreciate your time, man. I ain't gonna take too much of it. No, fantastic call, man. Appreciate you. All right. Once we get to um free agency primer, the running back position is gonna be, I think, an exciting one to talk about. But as you guys know, this is this is kind of where I'm at with it, man. Uh, the Detroit Lions method. And when I say Detroit Lions, I don't necessarily mean you got to take them in the first round. If you do, you do. I'm, I'm, I can care less about all this value stuff right now. Uh, that's a little disingenuous. I, I get value matters, right? But we're not picking in the top 10. It is what it is. So you just, you just do what's best for your squad. Um, but that's kind of where I'm at. Veteran guy in free agency, and it could be veteran young guy. Saquon's a veteran; he's young. Um, and then draft a young, fresh guy in the draft in the, in the top one hundred. I'm not saying it got to be first or second round. We know running backs can be had throughout the draft, um, and I get it. The consensus, and we're going to talk to Foots about it. Uh, running back room is not what it was last year. All I'm saying is, every year. Seems to be some running back that comes out of the draft or two or three or four that eventually does something good because of the situation they are in. Again, running backs are skilled in general. They're skilled players. Now, can you can you utilize those skills to the best of your ability on said team? If you're a team that does not do things to put those skills on display, then you will need one of them ones to overcome that. But I think this is a league now that is more of a scheme uh, driven lead and when it league and when it comes to run games, definitely a scheme driven league um to to help the running back. So yeah, it may not be a huge running back draft, but I promise you we're going to be sitting here next year or the following year like, "Ah man, that dude in the fourth round, that dude in the fifth round, that dude in the third round." It's just usually how it works. Let's talk to Point Dexter. Good morning, sir. Hey, what's up, Scott Walker? How you doing, man? I'm doing. Look, fine, this is my uh, this is my my first uh, phone call to anybody since the loss. Uh, I've been pretty depressed about the whole thing, but I was listening to you today, you know, and I'm gonna try to stay on topic. Uh, running backs. Uh, I really, I really think that they should get that running back that's uh gonna be the compliment to Pollard. I think they should keep Pollard, but I need they they need that complimentary back to him. And as we said before, we need um a running game. We need some pulling guards. We need that that pin and pull. We need to um as you said, uh like Kansas City, we need to 
have some imagination in the running game. I don't know if uh, Mike McCarthy is open to having a, a one of you know what you call a run game coordinator, somebody that can coordinate the run game. I don't think that they put as much stock into the running game as they do the passing game. And 100%. I think that they should. Yeah, I think that they should, you know, do that. Now, let me tell you something. I don't want to get off topic, but like I say, this is the first time since, you know, since the game. Uh, uh, the defense was deplorable, man. Uh, uh, don't uh, uh, curse is the green dot, right? Yes. You know, uh, he's the one that really is supposed to be keeping it together. And it seemed like they was just, you know, if they were going to run a zone, well, at least run a zone when you got somebody in every quadrant. That's what the zone is about. You got three people over here, one person yeah. over here, and the dude running wide. It's like, you know, even if you're running a zone, it should be, you know, that, you know, I don't even know. I don't, you would have went to man to man. Now, I, I, like I said, I'm off the subject, but I will tell you. That's fine. If you got McQuaffle, if you got Thomas, if you got Wright, if you're not going to play them, get rid of them. Why you want to go to a zone? You can play man. And, you know, I hate to go back to the to the to the uh, to the past, but I remember the playoff game against San Francisco. They had a defensive back, veteran defensive back, Isaac Hope. He got burned, so they bring in the nickname Pup, Kevin Smith, bring in the young dude, and he played. You know, I don't see why you would have this kid out here with one arm. You know, had surgery right after the game. He had to play with one arm, and you go away from everything you done done because you don't want to play one of these fellas. I don't know what's the deal with McQuamu. You know what the deal it is with McQuamu? I I think he got beat by Wanye Thomas, and they still didn't play Wanye. Um, they they didn't. That's put what I'm him, saying. If yeah. you're not gonna play these dudes, man, come on. You know, uh, you got you got these dudes out here, man, and and you know. I'm old school. If you out there stacking it up, bring somebody else in. You know, I remember mm. a time when, you know, if you were stacking it up, you stood by the coach. And if that dude went in there, if he stuck it up, then you got to go back on the field. But as long as that dude was playing halfway decent, I, you sat right there on the sideline. You know I, feel I, mean? your, so, I feel your point, Dexter, but guess what you would have been doing? You would have been replacing 11 players on that defense. The problem to me wasn't an individual player defensively. It was the, the plan that you had. To, that you rolled yeah. out and and you set your guys up for failure with said plan. And that comes with preparation. Uh, the 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 J. J Ron Curse thing. We've been talking about this all season. Why is J Ron Curse a safety, a high a high uh, top? You know, yeah. pun intended. How is he on the roof? Why is he back there covering? Put Y.A. Thomas in the ball game, right? Um, if you're going to run this damn big nickel and do it and do it in coverage, then yeah, maybe you you put a McQuamble in there. And you, and you, because he's yeah. a corner with some size, instead of uh, having, I don't know, J. Ron back there, Donald back. I, I don't know, but they definitely yeah. did not have the plan. And then you just rode out there, and you had players just getting whooped on. So it was rough, man. Yeah, it it, it, it was really rough. But like I said, if you was playing man to man all year, and you was worried about personnel. You got to put the people out there. You just got to put them out there and see what they do because that zone was not 
working at all. Hey. They did not know what they was doing with that song. Problem is, they got whooped in man too. You know what I'm saying? Three, the three of their biggest plays came in man. So it, it, they they yeah. had no answer. That 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 shows to me that you know when a whole entire unit is lost at in, in that manner, you got out coached. Yeah. You know, you got out coached. Yeah. Oh man, but I was talking to my partner. You know, if we like, okay, let's flip it. Maybe Green Bay is on a roll, and maybe they just, you know, they just that good. Let's see what they do against the Forty Niners. Play them boys Everything tough. that Dallas just did against Green Bay, the Forty Niners done. This man here, Jordan Love, he throwing across his body across the field, and them dudes wasn't wide open this time. You know what I mean? No, all he that, played the real defense. <laughs> that was wide open, you know. But if they ain't wide open, he wouldn't hit nobody. You well, know? Like, we don't got Fred okay, Warner was, or, or Dre Greenlaw. Yeah, <laughs> they was wide open. <laughs> oh, and I wanted to tell you, man, it's funny. You know, I, I, I'm a basketball referee, right? That's right. That's right. And, and now, you know, I have to, I have to kind of, you know, I do, you know, when you do the free throws, you got to settle people on the line. Yeah. And you let you say hold your spots. And now, when I go up there, I say, here we go, two shots. <laughs> here we go, one hey. shot. And, you know, it was one fan. It was one fan that that counted. That, 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 that caught it in the stands, you know. <laughs> and he said, "That referee." <laughs> you know? But you know, I hey, do that now. Down, you know, that's, that's fun. That's fun, man. Yeah, that's a good way to sell them down. You know, when they get on the line. You know, yeah. usually you just say, "Hold your spot," you know. He was, and here we go. Sound really good, you know. But every, one that little fan on the side, he, he caught it one day, you know. <laughs> but it was, it's, hey man, look, uh, that's what I do. That's what I've been doing. I've been pretty busy. That's why I can't really get the hey, to call in. All we the, got lives look, outside of this. The only reason I called now because I got fired from a job, so I got to go get another job. Damn, so, that's <laughs> a, God, hey man. man, look. Well, good look, luck. Good luck in your job search, brother. Yeah, one door closed, another open. There you go. You know. There you go. I got my first job at 19 years old. I worked for 35 years. And now I'm I'm at Social Security age, so I'm just trying to finish out paying off this house and shoot up and go to the Golden Acres and hang out, you know what I mean, with the old folk, Dang. you know. But it's funny because your mind is not old. Your body is old. I'm 63 years old in body, but my mind is still young, you know, so – that's funny. That when you get to this age, man, it's funny because you you're still young in the mind, man, but the body don't work all that well. But hey, to be 63 out there running with these kids and stuff, yeah, I'm blessed, man. I'm about I, to say, man, if you can still I, run, I, you, you can move like that. You're drinking your water. You, you got your mental together, yeah. man. You're blessed. You're blessed, and uh, wish you nothing but hey, luck. Man, look, I just went through. I just went through my battery, my MRI, my ultrasound, and everything. No high blood pressure. No diabetes. No, you know, fine. So I, I am truly, truly blessed. Appreciate okay. Your point, Dex. And uh, we're gonna look. And look, I seen all these people talking about. Oh, I'm throwing away my jersey. I'm finished with the Cowboys. Man, I don't care about that. I'm going to be back next year. We're going to have a draft. We're going to, you know, hope going to spring eternal. And we're going to be doing the same thing we're doing, man. You keep up what you're doing, man. Because we need it. We Thanks, need sir. it. We need it. We need to, uh, we need to convalesce sometime. You know what I'm saying? But, man, have a glorious day, man. And God bless you and your family. Thank you, sir. Appreciate the call, Point Dexter. Good one there, man. Ace.
Special K, you was a goddamn fool, dog. I, low key, it was. <laughs> what you say, not Chuck? <laughs> you had us in the first. <laughs> what you say, not Chuck? <laughs> He's one hundred percent Chuck. One hundred percent. Shouts out to Point Dash. I always get a laugh, man. Nice little smile after he gives me the cowboy stuff. My, I just, I'm just envisioning, you know, Point Dexter at the line of scrimmage. You ready? You ready? Here we go. And giving the ball to the to one of these high school kids, and these high school kids probably like, what the hell are you talking about? Unless you watch the Cowboys, you know what we talking about. But good story. Uh, almost called you Chuck. <laughs> what you say, not Chuck? <laughs> good story. Good story there, uh, Point Dexter. Appreciate you, man. Three oh two, you on the show. Good morning. Sky, what up, man? What up, man? Long time listener, first time caller, man. Appreciate you taking the show. Hey, uh, get to uh get to talking about this running back room. Uh first things first, uh Tony Pollard pulled a thousand yards out of there. I can cuss, right? Oh yeah. Pulled a thousand yards out of there. I, I don't think that that was necessarily on him. Uh, with that offensive line and us being a a, a a zone a zone team last year, and then the previous, and then the next year we come and we just trying to block it straight up. You mentioned the bad uh, second level blocking, like all all that stuff right there. Tony Pollard, I think, did okay for what he was given. Sure. Uh, Tony Pollard, Tony Pollard is a scat back to me with with some with the ability to run in between the tackles if you have it set up right. With his own run, Tony Pollard can then choose the cutback lane or keep pressing in front side or find that hole yep. that eventually opens up. Yep. You know what I mean? It's not necessarily his fault. But I also come to think like, all right, Ronald Jones shot himself in the foot by missing them two games or getting suspended. I kind of wonder what would have happened I with agree. just having a, 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 a bigger running back in the lineup. I, uh, I agree. I had Ronald Jones as a sneaky, uh, a sneaky guy to make this roster just because of the way he ran, um, but but he didn't get a shot. You know, he got suspended in camp and and then he didn't play in the preseason because they didn't let him. So, yeah, it, you know, I thought he could yeah, have I a mean, shot. He did it to himself. Did it to himself. Yeah, man. And then he got like, hurt. Actually, uh, he got hurt secondly. at the end of camp and then oh, yeah, suspension. That's what it was. That's yeah, what it was. yeah, that's what it was. Okay, and then secondly, um, we're a yak team. Why don't why are we not uh 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 with C D Lamb and and and, uh, and my boy uh Jason Ferg? How come we not doing the uh under center, you know, like you said, play action, give us more time to throw, but starting the game off with those dump offs. Starting the game off like we uh we're a passing team but we still can't abandon the run completely. And so yeah. I, I'm just trying to figure out why wasn't it a lot of like you said, a lot of pre snap motion. Uh, or, or why did it stop? Why did the pre-snap snap motion stop? Why did the at-snap action stop? Uh, a lot of that is, I think, due to just McCarthy's McCarthy's old, old. Uh, I say this as much as we, ways. as much as we believe there, there's a there's a truth to when Dak gets in the playoffs and certain you know and things aren't going right. He he has that wide-eyed look, and we're like we don't we don't know what's going on type situation. I think McCarthy gets yeah. is the same way. 
I think he's the same way. I, I think he gets to the playoffs. Well, this is his first year calling plays, so but I looked at the history yeah, of how yeah. he prepared his team. I, I think there's something to McCarthy in the playoffs as well, and that's something that some people kind of prepared us for in the offseason. <clears throat> and call yeah. it optimism, call it blind. It really couldn't be blind because there was some precedent, but call it, you know, hope, whatever. Uh, I believe, okay, he learned his lesson from, from from past failures. He learned his lesson from failures with his former former offense coordinator. And there's no way we're going to get into the playoffs and be, you know, stagnant and not prepared. Well, that was that was the case. Well, we were stagnant and not prepared, bro. So I he, he's got to do a 180. Yeah, I absolutely got to do a 180. Hey, man, I appreciate your time. Appreciate the uh, appreciate the call. And I'll definitely be calling back. Still be listening. Appreciate Thanks, man. Help. Good stuff. Appreciate it. Yeah. It, you know, I think there is something to to McCarthy in the offs as well. We we detailed it. If you guys missed it last week at some point, just go run it back at some, at some damn point. One thing is I noticed, and this is kind of off topic, when I do tweet something on, um, on, on Twitter <laughs> that I might have said on the show or something, I have to remember, not everybody on the show or on Twitter is watching the show and on the show is on Twitter. And people are like saying stuff under the, the comments. I'm like, oh yeah, I talked about that on the show. Like, yeah, I also mentioned. That. <laughs> I'm starting to kind of reel back from Twitter, man, because you, you can't nuance doesn't exist, context doesn't exist. That's why I say just come to the show. I got way more time to talk to y'all. I can explain things better. Come to the show. I'm not telling you to come to the show because it's like, hey, come come get these views and these clicks and run this all up. I'm not I'm not in it for that. I appreciate y'all that are here. You know, to, to me, y'all here because I ain't telling y'all to be here to to run up numbers. Y'all here because I'm putting in, I'm trying to put in this work and have this conversation with y'all. So, you know, you got fans out there and you're like, hey man, tell them to come to the show if they want to voice said opinion and, and, and get some feedback on it or hear a more thorough breakdown than whatever the characters on Twitter allow you. And if you pay for the check, then yeah, you can write a whole damn paragraph. But guess what? Three paragraphs. Somebody is still going to say some dumb shit underneath that paragraph. <laughs> That you now you're fighting that. So it's like, mm-mm. come on to the show. You'll, you'll be able to hear me explain this better. Um, but that was a sidebar. Hey, uh, Toxic, you, you a wild boy. You said in the chat, my man Poi Dexter is going to be you know, getting ready for his mall walk. I used to do co-op. Y'all know I always tell stories. I used to do co-op in high school my senior year, and I used to work in the mall, man. And I used to hear that term, and then I had no idea what people meant. And I would work before the mall opened and you would see all the old people come through and, and, and do the mall walk. I didn't really I didn't realize how serious it was. That mall walk stuff is serious. They got groups, they got the sweatpants on, they got the big shoes, uh, they got markers in the mall. You know? Then I watched Better Call Saul and you know, there's there's a scene, there's a whole bunch of scenes with the mall walking, but that's a real thing. Shouts out to y'all. If you watch the show and you a mall walker, shouts out to you. You know? So it's a good way to keep moving as you get older. Might catch me out there when I'm... I ain't going to bring it up because y'all going to say I'm 60-something years old anyway. Special K said, Durax guy is made for Twitter. No, nah, bro. I can't do it, bro. I salute to, 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 to you know, Foots and and uh, Koi <laughs> and whoever else be on Twitter like that talking them. I know how they play the game on Twitter. I see how y'all move on there. Y'all don't care about a real conversation. Eh, that doesn't exist there. 
So I move a certain way on that on that platform. You come here for the for the for the stuff that's bro- broken down in detail. You, you, I'm not for all that. I can give a damn about. I know brother L gonna say I can get the check mark and get paid. No, I do not care. It's too much you got to do to 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 even live in that world of getting a check like that. I'm not even trying to be. I don't even want to get that big. I'm gonna be honest. People are crazy on Twitter. Nuts. Um. Oh, that's cold. Skywalking the mall. Skywalking all the way to the mall. Yeah, I probably will be a, a mall walker. I'm going to keep it a bean. <laughs> I got on the Monarchs. <laughs> Anybody watch Better Call Saul? How he pimped out the uh, the old people? Well, Saul was something, man. Saul was something. Justin D, the coaches and leadership matter in the playoffs. Sure, man. And then when when that isn't a thing, what do I always say? We got to overcome it, right? And, you know, I, I'm starting to be with you, Taz. I don't, I don't know. Because how much more talent we going to get and we can't overcome? I, I don't think you can just talent your way through the playoffs no more. Mm-mm. It's too many well-coached and run organizations to do that. DC said, that's why I completely stay off of Twitter. I, I should start, you know, taking some breaks from it for sure. You know, from time to time. So I imagine, I, I think you mean talent alone is not enough toxic. This ain't college. I think that's what you meant. And I agree. Because the, there's a thin line between the playoff team and the not playoff team. There's a thin line between a Super Bowl contender, in my opinion, and a playoff team. I think the line is very small, and and the talent line isn't. Is, that's that's why you see a Cardinals beat the Cowboys, a Jets beat the Eagles. A, you know what I mean? You see that higher Chip Kelly as the run game. Look, I. I don't follow Chip enough in, in in college to even remotely know what Chip is doing there and if it would translate into the league. I just remember when he was in the league, he was a no-sir. I don't know about Chip. Y'all have to talk me into that. Yeah, the, the cat from uh, where, where Island go to? Wisconsin? Big boy? I do like him. Not going to lie. I do like him. Uh, we'll get to him. Um, we got... I'll give y'all a tease. Next week, we have, I think I already told y'all about this, but we're, we're starting to put the details together, me and Foots. We've got our Senior Bowl um, watch list dropping next week. It'll likely be a combination of a live show and, and a premiere. I don't know how I'm going to do it yet. Me and Foots are going to record the show. We got our top 10 guys to watch that Senior Bowl. And that'll really kind of begin the uh, draft stuff. But uh, I do know about the Island kid, though, for sure. Wisconsin? Okay. Yeah. All right, let me get to some of these Super Chats. Shouts out to the original OG. Super chat. B-Bird dropped five. It said, in my opinion, the running game starts and ends with the O-line. I think the talent is there, but our scheme is archaic. Uh, do you think we'll move to a Shanahan scheme? Um, <clears throat> no, nah, I don't, bro. Um, but like Doug said, and like you know, we've talked about before, it doesn't necessarily have to be Shanahan. I've often brought up um, Ben Johnson. 
in previous years, I've brought up whatever the hell the Washington football teams were doing because whether it's Bienemy who comes from Andy Reid, Nagy, you know, I they, he probably gonna let us, but I snatch Nagy up. Um, I know he wasn't a great head coach, but I snatch him up and run our offense. Um, I said Ben, who was the cat? I was was it Scott Turner, North son? He was a guy we talked about last year, but yeah. You know, one of those schemes, I think, would would, would complement what we do on the air. But that's not that's not how my, Mike McCarthy moves, B. Burr. I don't think we'll go to a, a a different guy like that. I would love it though. I would love to go grab somebody from one of these these schemes. Toxic or uh, toxic got people being toxic everywhere. Toxic Splendor Poppy says Super Chat drops two and says Sky is right behind that caller. Get the info, fam. Sky is right behind that caller. You know, not sure what you mean there, brother, but I appreciate uh, the donation for sure. <clears throat> Jalen Barty starts from the top. Yep, one hundred percent. Toxic uh, said you need an organization. In the NFL, you need the organization. Where'd you go? On the same page, from owner down to the grounds crew, it all matters. I agree. We are uh, one of the very few organizations that I don't I don't believe the order is a straight line order, or if it is, it's 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 ruled with an iron fist. You know what I mean? Is Slowick or Pete Carmichael available? I doubt Slowick will come take a lateral move here. And and he's probably getting hired as a head coach. Panthers, maybe, since they got the young. Think about that for a second. How crazy would that be? You know, um, I talked about Stroud a lot, Slim. I I think it's very important. The the who, like where is a, a young player, but specifically a young quarterback going to? Um, I think Mahomes is. Unbelievable, the best quarterback I, I've, I've ever seen. You know, not the gr- the greatest technically, Tom, right? Because he's he's the production is there. I don't think Pat's going to be far behind, but Mahomes in this generation, he, he's this generation's Elway generations, Unitas, Tom, whatever the hell you want to call it. Remove your Cowboys biases real quick. Remove your hatred for your quarterback. Right? Do you honestly believe? Patrick Mahomes would be Patrick Mahomes with Jason Garrett and Scott Linehan to start his first three years of his career and then Kellen Moore for the next four years and then Mike McCarthy. Well, we'll leave Mike out. Let's just do that because by, by this time, we know who Dak is. We, we know Dak can help out all these damn coordinators, but he ain't had one of them once. In all honesty, do you believe Patrick Mahomes is the greatest quarterback of our generation, whatever, under Scotland and Jason Garrett and Kellen Moore. I don't, man. I, I just don't, you know? And, and that's why I believe it is important where you go. It's important who you have. Peyton Manning. No one knows about Tom Moore. Tom Moore is a legend. I think he's still doing his thing. I don't think Peyton Manning is Peyton without Tom Moore. I don't. So I think it's important. Is is Stroud year one Stroud with Frank Wright? 
I don't know. I mean, it's something you can never know, but I have a hard time believing that. So I believe, you know, going going to a certain place is, is important. The coaching, the leadership, et cetera, is important. And if the kid in Carolina gets Slowick, he didn't have a great year. He's got the talent, but he didn't have a great year. I think he'll have a better year. How much better? I don't know. But I think he'll have a better year for sure. I think I have better year for sure. Uh, if Dak did it, I hate to say it, Mahomes would have. Did what, though? I hate to say this. What has he done? What has he done? Mahomes is not looked at as the greatest of our generation because he won 12 games in a row three times and got bounced in the playoffs. Mm-mm. Mahomes is viewed as our greatest of all time because when he gets to the playoffs... Number one, he performs. And number two, he doesn't win a Super Bowl without his coaching and his running game, right? When when can we say Cowboys had coaching and running game in the playoffs? Or defense, you know, defense is ball too. But he gets in the playoffs, great regular season, gets to the playoffs. Because he's Mahomes, we don't really look at the help, right? He had 182 yards last year in the Super Bowl or whatever it was. Run game was beastie. In his first Super Bowl, he shouldn't have really won MVP. Damian Wilson... Williams should have won MVP, but he's Mahomes, right? So we don't really look at that. We don't got that here. It's all on the queue. So if we get to the playoffs, excuse me, we're going to say, hey, dog, we need you to do it four times in a row. I don't believe that one. I don't believe that one iota. Mm-mm. Because there's going to be times you're going to have to lean on other things. And we don't believe in that here. No Sir Rebopsky. No Sir Rebopsky. Who else? Hell, it took brother uh, Josh Allen, fantastic talent. Took Dayball to say, hey, chill out, Josh. Then Dayball left and now look at Josh. Like, Josh is still fantastic talent. He ain't even having postseason success. When I say postseason, Super Bowl appearances and all that stuff, right? One and one. Uh, the next greatest thing, Trevor Lawrence. He Think about this for a second. Trevor Lawrence, the great white hope, goes to the Jaguars under Urban Meyer. You know what I'm saying? It matters. It matters where you go. 100%. That's all I'm saying. And, and to bring it back around about Slowick and Stroud, if Stroud loses Slowick, uh, I do think, and I said this on Twitter, I think what Stroud did for Slowick and that organization and having D'Amico Ryans, I don't think they'll go away from that. I don't think they'll just comp- they'll say, hey, Slowick, congratulations, you're moving on to Carolina or whatever. We're going to bring in Ben Johnson, Eagles offensive coordinator. Now, what did they go out to do? We're going to bring in Ben Johnson. We're going to completely change everything we did. No more pre-snap stuff. No more, you know, uh, counters. No more three-level reads. No, we have. We're going to have nothing against the blitz. We're going to be the worst team at pre-snap, post-snap motion. I don't think they'll do that. I think they'll keep what worked for Stroud. They'll just probably hire a guy within or somebody from that tree. I truly do believe that. 
Yes, indeed. Who runs out of gas? What does that even mean? Oh, the guy up here. See, I'll be having your own little show within the show. Toxic said the last one here. Scott, I just don't understand why people would not want to make it easier for you or uh, for everyone if it meant winning or losing. Egos, man. Egos. Egos in this organization is a real thing. Egos in, in football is a real thing, but it's, it should always be about making things easier for everybody to reach the ultimate goal. Should be. All right, man. Let's get up out of here. Press this button. I'll be back tomorrow. We got another edition of a hindsight series. Um, still waiting on this Dan Quinn news. You know, we, by the way, before we get out of here, um, the Atlanta Falcons coordinator was hired. Or was it at y'all Carolina or something? I, I can't remember what. Um, the Atlanta Falcons coordinator was hired to be a defensive coordinator elsewhere, and I had tweeted out something that I said to, yesterday on the show. You know, the longer the Cowboys wait on Dan Quinn, the more these assistants will get hired. Although I don't believe we'll go after one of those assistants anyway. Um, but that's that's the game they're playing. And it could also mean that, well, it doesn't matter if he gets hired, we're gonna hire from within. I do due diligence, right? Interview guys. I, I I don't like the whole, well, we're just gonna go with the guy in-house. Granted, no matter if I like Joe Witt or not, if Joe Witt is gonna be a success or not, you still should do due diligence. So with that said. Press the goddamn button. Push the goddamn button. We'll keep our eyes and our ears open on this Dan Quinn situation. If something pops up, we will be talking about it tomorrow. If not, we're moving along. Our hindsight series picks right back up where it left off. I'll give you a hint. We will remain on this side of the ball tomorrow for sure. All right. Appreciate y'all. Love you. Wow!